Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and today we're going to be doing something in the realm of Western Swing, although they didn't call it that at the time. It was, they didn't have any real term for it. It was called hot string band music, hot uh, hillbilly music, folk music, old time tunes, you name it. But it was very definitely jazz, at least the size that we're going to play today. Uh, are, are identifiable as jazz. I've done one program on this particular band in the past, and the band I'm talking about is the Light Crust Doughboys, and that was a group that lasted from 1932 up until the 2010s, I believe. And quite a record of uh, continuous uh, involvement in, in, in Texas music history. Uh, it was originally begun as a trio, Bob Wills on guitar, um, Milton Brown on, actually I'll take that back, Bob Wills on fiddle, Milton Brown on vocals, and Herman Arnsberger on guitar, and they made uh, uh, the acquaintance of a fellow named Leo Daniel, who was the uh, manager, I guess, or the publicity manager of the Burris Mill and Elevator Company, and one of their products at Burris Mill was Light Crust uh, Flour, and he decided that this little band would be uh, a good thing to have on the radio to publicize that, and they did that. Uh, they made couple of recordings with a slightly different personnel, and then that particular version of the band broke up. O'Daniels was a hard fellow to work for, O'Daniel, and uh, gradually uh, the personnel changed. Uh, the band stayed uh, with Light Crust uh, Flower and at Burris Mill until uh, the late 1990s, I believe. It was quite, a, quite an interesting history in this band. Uh, they started out as just a very sort of ordinary string band that started veering to jazz and veering to popular music music. And we're going to be picking them up at the time when they really uh, turned it up a notch in terms of their personnel. And I think you'll hear what I mean when you hear some of these recordings. So the first recording we're going to hear is uh, the old standby, Come to Me, My Melancholy Baby. And this was recorded in September of 1935. The Light Crest Doughboys recorded pretty much exclusively for Vocalion, which was the imprint of the American Record Company at the time. Art Satherly was their producer. Uh, he would take trips periodically, a couple times a year, to the south to record some of these bands, and the Light Crest Doughboys was a big seller for him. At the time, in September of 1935, the band was Clifford Gross and Kenneth Pitts on violins. They had the two-violin sound. Kenneth Pitts plays the jazz solo here. Doc Eastwood on banjo. Curly Perrin on guitar. Ramon Darman also on guitar. Herbert Barnum on bass. And uh, in this case, the vocal was taken by Curly Perrin. And as I said, this is Melancholy Baby. This is the last recording session that was done by, I guess you'd have to call it, the first version of this band after the initial Bob Wills, Milton Brown version broke up. And uh, part of the thing that happened was O'Daniel was fired uh, for misappropriating funds. He was not very popular with the band and turns out not with the management either. He went on to form another band called the Hillbilly Boys. We uh, played them on the last podcast and they helped him uh, be elected to the governorship of Texas in the late 1930s. He later became a U.S. senator as well. The fellow who was the uh, band manager uh, after O'Daniel was named Eddie Dunn. He sang a bit and he did the announcing on the programs. The uh, Doughboys uh, broadcast just about every day. They were also pioneers in 
transcribing their uh, recording, uh, their shows on recording, so they didn't have to be in the studio necessarily at the time. That allowed them to tour a lot more often and became more popular. Eddie Dunn was a little bit more on the jazz side of things than certainly Leo Daniel had been, and he wanted to upgrade the band. So he got rid of just about everybody in the band that I mentioned, except for uh, Kenneth Pitts on uh, violin. He was the only one who survived out of that earlier group. Uh, he had already added um, a couple of interesting players, including Muriel Campbell, uh, known as Zeke Campbell, who was an electric guitar player and one of the finest musicians of the era, very underrated, hardly ever gets talked about. He was recording some superb jazz guitar solos, electric guitar solos, before Charlie Christian, up to about two years before Charlie Christian. We'll be hearing some examples of those in a while. But Dunn raided the personnel of another band called The Wanderers that had been active in Dallas uh, since the early 30s. It had had uh, quite a large roster of different musicians. The band, as it existed in early uh, 1935, made some recordings that we're going to here in a little while as well, and uh, Dunn went to the leader uh, and asked if he could uh, steal some of the personnel, and the leader was uh, sick of leading the band, and he said, if you take three of them, I'll just break up the band. And the three that he took were Marvin Montgomery on banjo, he was known as Junior at the time, later on in life he became known as Smokey Montgomery, Dick Reinhardt on guitar, and Burt Dodson on bass. So the three of them, along with Muriel Campbell and Kenneth Pitts, and I should also say Clifford Gross stayed around for a while as well, so the two violins stayed together, although Gross did didn't last uh, all that much longer as it turned out. Uh, so it was an interesting group and uh, all very jazz oriented. And we're going to hear several tunes that they did uh, following their um, uh, acceptance into the band. One of the first things they did was they went to the West Coast and made a movie. Uh, and uh, it was a movie with Gene Autry and they were featured playing Tiger Rag among other things. And on the other podcast I did, you can hear that. We are going to hear uh, several tunes from June 12th of 1937. This was recorded in Dallas, as most of these sessions were. We're going to hear the tune from the 1920s that was uh, known for its Frank Trumbauer version featuring Bix Beiderbecke, Dusky Stevedore. And this is a very hot performance featuring a vocal by, uh, I believe it's Kenneth, uh, or rather uh, Ramon Darman on this particular one. And uh, some very hot playing all the way through. Then we're going to go to the jazz standard, or the tune that became a jazz standard after the 19... 15 or so, The Weary Blues by Artie Matthews. And the Western swing bands like this tune, and most of them recorded this in one form or another. After that, we're going to hear a, uh, a low-down blues performance. These uh, musicians were all record collectors to one degree or another, and that's how they learned tunes, is listening to black blues and jazz musicians from the 1920s and into the 30s, the race records. Uh, part of the deal of being a light crest doughboy is you had to be uh, employed by the mill, so they actually had to clock in and out uh, during the day, and they spent their day rehearsing, listening to records, and copying them, and they found some very interesting tunes, including this next one, the Gulf Coast Blues, which they knew from the Bessie Smith version. Then we're going to jump over to one of the tunes that was recorded by The Wanderers. And as I said, this was a, a, a band that was playing in Dallas in the uh, early part of 1935. January 28th of 1935, they recorded for Bluebird, or actually for Victor. It was released on the Bluebird label. Uh, this is the band's only recording session. It's an interesting combination of musicians, and in some ways it sounds more modern than the Light Crest Doughboys did. 
if a very uh, prominent 4/4 beat. We're going to start out with a tune called Feet Warmer, which or Foot Warmer, which actually goes back, I believe, to the original Louisiana Five. We're going to hear Marvin Montgomery on banjo, Dick Reinhardt on guitar, Bert Dodson on bass, the three fellows who went to the Light Crest Doughboys, along with Jack Norwood on piano, Holly Horton on clarinet, who uh, made a lot of recordings with Roy Newman later on, and a fiddle player, violinist named Alfredo Fred Cazares, who was a cousin, I believe, of Ernie and Emilio Cazares, who were uh, Mexican uh, players. Ernie was a clarinet and saxophone player, and Emilio was a violinist, who later went to New York and made a lot of recordings. So we're going to hear, uh, as I said, that uh, tune, Foot Warmer. So the tunes we're going to hear right now are the Light Crest Doughboys doing Melancholy Baby, Dusky Stevedore, Weary Blues, and Gulf Coast Blues, and then we're going to go back to the Wanderers doing Foot Warmer.
I've been blue all day My gal's gone away She left her daddy cold For another man I'm told I tried to treat her kind Thought she won't be mine That gal I hate to lose That's why daddy's got the blues The gal I love has unlevel the town Say the gal I love She has unlevel the town And if it keeps on snowing I will be goggled down How the mailman passed But he didn't leave no news The mailman passed He didn't
we started out with Come to Me, My Melancholy Baby, The Light Crust Doughboys from September 20th of 1935, featuring Kenneth Pitts taking that violin solo. Clifford Gross was the other violinist, although he was more of a an old-style breakdown fiddler. Doc Eastwood on banjo, Curly Perrin on uh, guitar, and he took the vocal on that one. I may have said Raymond Darman. Raymond Darman played guitar as well, and Herbert uh, Barnum played bass. So that was the only tune we're going to hear from the older version of the Light Crest Boys. The next three tunes we heard came from the revamped group, I guess you'd say, from June of 1937 uh, and May of 1938. And I actually forgot to mention one of the most important members, a fellow named Naki Parker. John Naki Parker was a piano player. We heard him uh, uh, on... Um, uh, accordion, actually, on the first tune, Dusky Stevedore. He was a Texas player who had been playing since he was a little boy. His father used to bring him into Deep Ellum in Dallas, which was the black section of town. Uh, he, uh, I guess, was a contractor to get workers to work in the fields and so forth, and he'd go to get people to work for him, and he'd bring Naki with him and set him up in a bar, and uh, Naki would play even as a six- or seven-year-old boy. He got to know Blind Lemon Jefferson and other people. He left a very interesting interview at the uh, Tulane Jazz Archive you can access. And he was a very fine jazz and boogie-woogie and barrelhouse player. Later on in life, he became a college professor, an English professor, actually, but he continued playing piano. He recorded with uh, Omer Simeon, with Doc Evans, with uh, Yank Lawson later in the 1980s, and uh, he also uh, com- recorded complete versions, as far as it was known at the time, of Jelly Roll Morton and Scott Joplin, so quite an accomplished player. So as I said, we heard him on accordion on A Dusky Stevedore, which featured a duo with uh, Ramon Darman singing the lead part in that case. We heard Kenneth Pitts again on violin, uh, Clifford Gross also on violin, Zeke Campbell, Muriel Campbell playing electric guitar, and the solos he did on these tunes, the next two or three, are really remarkable considering the fact that they're from 1937 and 38. Uh, Charlie Christian was still in Oklahoma at the time. He didn't come uh, east or west or wherever he met up with Benny Goodman uh, until 1939, and uh, no one was playing in jazz solos like Zeke Campbell was, a really remarkable player. Marvin Montgomery was a banjo virtuoso. The banjo, of course, had fallen out of favor by the 30s, but he was an excellent player, and he had the longest career of any of these musicians. He was still playing with and leading the Lightcrest Doughboys when he passed away in 2001. Uh, he had a very long and interesting musical career. He was very well uh, educated musically. Uh, he and Kenneth Pitts took college courses together, and he became an arranger. He did uh, recording technology. He did an awful lot in, in, in music. And then we had uh, Dick Reinhardt on guitar, and Dick Reinhardt was known as Bashful. Everybody in the Light Crest Doughboys had to have a have, have a nickname, and uh, he was a blues guitarist. He uh, was a, a habitué of Deep Ellum himself, and he uh, was fascinated with uh, some of the black guitar players like Lonnie Johnson and uh, uh, certainly Blind Lemon, people like that, and he copied their style. He was a really fine blues guitar player. Later on, he played for Gene Autry's band, where he didn't get much of a chance to play blues, I suppose. But we heard him uh, playing and singing on a tune we heard, actually two tunes later, we heard the Gulf Coast Blues. And in between uh, Dusky Steven and Gulf Coast Blues, we heard a really nifty arrangement of the Weary Blues, the Dixieland standard that uh, probably was arranged by Kenneth Pitts. He was the chief arranger of the band, and he voiced the guitar, uh, the electric guitar, the piano, and the violin uh, as if they were horn sections in a big band. And, and Weary Blues was really extraordinary, and including another electric guitar solo in there by Zeke Campbell. 
And then we finished up with that first recording by the Wanderers in January of 1935, done for Bluebird Records with uh, the three members of the Light Crust Doughboys who we just talked about, Montgomery, Reinhardt, and Dodson along with uh, Fred Cazares on violin and Holly Horton on clarinet and Jack Norwood on piano. Altogether, they created some really fine jazz sounds. These were um, much more up-to-date sounding, I think. They were much more four-beat rather than the two-beat feel that a lot of the Lightcrest Doughboys and Milton Brown and so forth, those recordings had at the time. And we heard Foot Warmer. We're going to go on the next session and our set and devote that entirely to the Wanderers. We're going to hear the Wanderers Stomp, a really driving performance, which uh, features all of the instruments playing solos. Then the uh, 1920 standard, A Good Man is Hard to Find by Eddie Green. Uh, that will feature a uh, vocal by Bert Dodson, who was, uh, as I said, the bass player as well. I think it was his uncle or his father who was uh, the manager of the band who ended up breaking it up when Eddie Dunn took the three musicians away. After that, we're going to hear an unusual little tune, Thousand Miles. I think this is more of a, a country type of tune, but done very stylishly, as you'll hear. Then a banjo feature, a tune called Nielski, which I believed was composed by Marvin Montgomery. He had been uh, inspired by uh, some of the great banjo virtuosos like Harry Reeser in the 1920s, and you'll hear some of his technique there. Then we're going to finish up that set with the traditional Tiger Rag, and all of the Western swing bands of this period recorded Tiger Rag. It was a standard in the repertoire. So that will be The Wanderers from uh, January of 1935. The Wanderers Stop, A Good Man is Hard to Find, Thousand Miles, Nielski, and The Tiger Rag. <laughs> Thank you. 
feet tall. She sleeps in the kitchen with her feet in the hall. She's got a sister, lives across the bay. She can shake a shimmy like a rattlesnake a thousand miles.
So that's the Wanderers and all their glory. That was a hot little band, and they only did this one recording session. Uh, the clarinet player, uh, Holly Horton, was an older fellow. He was born in the 1890s, so he actually came of age in the minstrel era. I think he played in minstrel shows. He played in a, a military band in World War One. He was a very good technician. He wasn't really a, a jazz player in the sense that we think of uh, jazz players even in the 1920s, but he was certainly a, a good clarinet player, technically speaking. Uh, Fred Cazares was a very fine jazz fiddler. We heard an example of his rocking the bow technique on that last tune, Tiger the Rag. Uh, Jack Norwood was a fine piano player. I don't know who else he really recorded with. I believe he did some other Western Swing recordings, but he was very effective in this band. Marvin Montgomery was an absolutely unbelievable banjo player from that period. As I said, hardly anyone was playing banjo in the late 1930s, mid to late 1930s, but he uh, kept the flag flying, as it were, and he really uh, was, was an outstanding player. Dick Reinhardt was an excellent guitar player. We heard him solo on that. Uh, he did more blues, but he could improvise on, on various tunes as well, as we heard there. And even Bert Dodson played a bass solo, and uh, Dodson's four-beat feel is really, to me, the key of what makes these uh, Wanderers recordings sound a lot more modern than the contemporary uh, Milton Brown recordings and things like that. Very energetic. So we ended up with Tiger Rag, I just mentioned. Before that, we heard a tune called Nielski, which was a banjo feature right out of the 1920s. I think Montgomery wrote that particular tune, sort of inspired by Eddie Peabody and Harry Reeser and so forth. Then the tune before that was that unusual tune, Thousand Miles, very oddly constructed. It's felt like there were measures missing in the middle of every chorus, but they were consistent, so that's the way it was. Before that, we heard A Good Man is Hard to Find, featuring a vocal by uh, uh, Bert Dodson, who was a pretty good ballad-type singer. And we started out with a nice mid-tempo jazz tune, The Wanderer's Stomp, featuring solos all around. I'm going to have one more Wanderer's tune. They recorded about, what did they do, about ten tunes. Uh, one tune wasn't issued, but uh, the others were, and we're going to hear one more anyway. The standard, I Ain't Got Nobody, with a vocal trio by Fred Cazares, Holly Horton, and uh, I think in this case, who was the other one? I think it was... Um, no, it wasn't Holly Horton. It was Fred Cazares, Dick Reinhardt, and Bert Dodson. We did hear a Holly Horton vocal uh, earlier. He did that kind of Popeye uh, imitation on uh, A Thousand Miles. He was known for that. He did a couple of recordings where he used that voice with Roy Newman and different people as well. He was quite a showman. So after we finish up with The Wanderers and I Ain't Got Nobody, we're going to head back to the Light Crust Doughboys from about 1938, and we're going to hear... Uh, the Tomcat Rag. I'm not sure who wrote this. It's a very uh, inventive little tune that features great electric guitar by Zeke Campbell, piano by Naki Parker, uh, and violin, in this case, by Kenneth Pitts. And so that'll be that. Followed by a tune called simply Naki Naki, which, as you might expect, was a feature for Naki Parker on piano. Also a great electric guitar solo. It almost sounds like it was a rehearsal that they just recorded and issued. It didn't sound very formal at all. Then we're going to hear a special piano arrangement of T for Two. Of course, that was a stride piano feature for Art Tatum and Joe Turner and all sorts of different great piano players. And Naki Parker gives his own version here. Uh, it begins with the two-fiddle sound of Kenneth Pitts and Clifford Gross, but most of it is a piano solo. Then we're going to finish up with uh, a good old standard from the 1910s, actually, Alice Blue Gown. 
And for that one, we jump up to April 24th of 1940. Slightly different band. We have Cecil Brower on violin, a very good player who had been uh, featured with on almost all of the Milton Brown recordings. Leroy Milliken is on electric guitar, Babe Wright on piano, Marvin Montgomery on banjo, Paul Wagner on guitar, Joe Ferguson on bass, he also sings, and... Um, that's it. And the reason for the different personnel is the union was cracking down in Dallas in um, 1940, and they only wanted union musicians. And a lot of the country or hillbilly or western swing musicians were not music readers, so they were not allowed into the union. Marvin Montgomery uh, had not been allowed into the union, although he was a good musician, but he was the only banjo player around, so they let him play. And Cecil Brower was a very good, classically trained violinist who had actually played with Ted Fiorito's band for a while. So the rest of them were scabs. Uh, uh, and uh, they played arrangements that Kenneth Pitts did, including this one on Alice Blue Gown. So those will be our tunes coming up. We will start with The Wanderers doing I Ain't Got Nobody, and then The Light Crust Doughboys, Tomcat Rag, Knocky Knocky, T for Two, and Alice Blue Gown.
sweet little Alice Blue Gown As she first wandered down into town She was both proud and shy As she met every eye And in every shop window She'd prim passing by In a manner of fashion she'd frown Till the world seemed to smile all around Till it wilted, she wore it She'll always adore it Her sweet little Alice Blue Gown some good uh, jazz playing in the western style, Texas jazz, I'd call it. We started out with I Ain't Got Nobody, done by the Wanderers in January of 1935, that interesting hybrid group that uh, went off in several different directions shortly thereafter. As I said, Holly Horton went with Roy Newman, we've done a program on him in the past. And then the other three, Reinhard Montgomery and Dodson, went with the Light Crust Doughboys, and we heard three tunes that featured them, Tom Catrag, Knocky Knocky, and Tea for Two, all done in 1938, and all also featuring Knocky Parker on piano and the outstanding electric guitar of Muriel Zeke Campbell, really uh, underrated, uh, under-the-radar player, I think we'd have to say. Then we finished up with Alice Blue Gown, done by sort of the Light Crest Doughboys. As I said, they were having some union troubles, so they had to get some union musicians from Dallas. Cecil Brower did some wonderful fiddle playing on there. The singer, I think I misidentified, it was actually Joe Ferguson, who was the bass player, and he had been with uh, Bob Wills for a while as well. Also, we heard Leroy Milliken on electric guitar, Babe Wright on piano, Marvin Montgomery again on banjo, and Paul Wagoner on guitar. So I hope you've enjoyed this program. This has been a fun one to do. I'm working on a book on Western Swing right now and uh, have a couple more programs that will be coming up of different groups from this period playing very respectable jazz. So if you are interested in supporting us here at the Jazz Focus, you know how to do that. You've got a button somewhere on your browser. If you'd like to be a one-time supporter or a uh, sustaining member, we would appreciate it. Love to have some more members of the family. Of course, you can hear us here on Spotify or Apple, wherever you get your finer podcasts, and uh, hope you enjoy these programs. So, thank you very much, and I'll see you on the other side.